Hello, everyone, and welcome to Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner. They call me Wolf, and PRT is the, the what a lot of people call my show, and they call my listeners paratroopers. You can call us whatever you want. Just don't call us late for dinner. Uh, yeah, I know. Corny joke. Anyways, I got a good show for you tonight, and, and we, we hope that everybody's going to be entertained. Uh, tonight, joining me as always is Barton Nunley. You want to say hi, Barton? Yeah, hello, everyone. Hope you're having a great night. Yeah. And so we're, we're going to bring our guests on, but first, I need to tell you, Barton's got a group. What's your group called, Barton? Called oh, Inhumanoids with Barton Nunley. Everybody come in, say hello, and join us if you want to. Great group of people. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why it's called Inhumanoids is not only because Barton wrote a book, uh, which I, I still feel like is the best book written about this, this subject, but Inhumanoids is the term that we use rather than calling them cryptids, because cryptids... It makes it sound like there's some sort of undiscovered species of animal, and that's not what, what this is. We're dealing with inhumanoids. So anyway, that's his right. group. Mine is Paranormal Roundtable. We also have Paranormal Prayer Group, which is my wife's, and Paranormal Lounge, which is my wife's. But I, I participate in Paranormal uh, Lounge and, and Prayer Group, too, but she's kind of the boss over there. And then I have PRT Fan Page, which was is run by Phil Stern. Uh, Curtis Turner, Chris Clove is not even mine either. I don't even. I'm just. I'm just an admin. I'm just there. But uh, so those are our groups, our main groups, and then I'm in a bunch of others. Quad Coalition of Sciences with Nick Valenti. Um, geez, uh, I got to start calling him Nick Valenti, not Valente. He gets mad when I say Valente because he said it makes him sound like he's a Frenchman. I said, okay, well, I won't talk to you in this outrageous accent. So anyway, I told him, I said, I'll make sure I call you Valenti, all right, like al dente. And then he says, that's al dente. I'm like, okay, well, it's getting confusing. So anyway, that being said, Josh Turner, PRTpodcast.com, Josh Turner, PRTpodcast.com. That's the coordinates. You can send me your stories or you can send, me to, send them to me on Facebook Messenger. But if, if I don't know that you're a, a, a listener of the show, I may not approve it. So you got to let me know that you are a listener of the show. And the other thing, too, I'm on Instagram. People keep asking about that. I'm Josh Turner 940 on Instagram. Uh, go and uh, follow. So that being said, we got to get right into this. We got a lot of stuff to cover. My guest, I want to bring him on. Uh, do you want to say hello? Uh, hello, everybody. How's everybody doing this evening? Yeah, and this uh, is Abe. Abe, do you want to give your uh, a brief bio on yourself, or talk a little bit about who you are? What what's going on? Yes, uh, my name is Abe Sias. Uh, I live in Temple, Texas, right now. Uh, I grew up in the Rio Grande Valley. Uh, I left the Rio Grande Valley and I joined the military back in 1989, was in the military for 10 years, uh, was in Operation Desert Storm, and I have a son. I'm, I'm happily married now after, you know, being a single father for, for many years, uh, I found me a, a good woman and I'm happily married. And uh, I do a lot of spiritual works. Uh, that's, that's what I like to do because it's been my calling since a very long time, since I was young and till, till present day, this is the works that I do. Yeah. And so get a little background. Me and Abe have known each other for several years now and we were friends. As a lot of people know, we, we, a few months, a couple months back or whatever, we had a little falling out, but Abe is a, uh, spiritual man and I am too. And Barton, so is Barton, and we all believe in second chances, and so we decided, hey, you know what, let's put our differences aside, 
He's got a, got a lot of good material. He's got a lot of things to talk about. And him being on the show tonight is proof positive that that men with with good intentions and good hearts can can put aside their differences and come together and forgive and move forward and do something great. And I do believe that Abe um, does have a personal relationship with, with, with Christ and with God, and I believe that he is a, a person that tries to do what is right. We uh, talked it out. Um, and we apologized to one another. <clears throat> Abe gave me a heartfelt apology. I felt like he was sincere. And I said, you know what, let's let this never happen again. Um, we have a lot to, to, to discuss and a lot of things to, uh, go over. And, um, yeah. And so he's got a lot of material. And so, you know, if you out there listening have a problem with someone, the the best way to deal with it is to talk it out. And if, if it's not possible, then you just move on. But the thing is, you know, with someone like me and Abe, we are very similar in our beliefs. So it doesn't, it doesn't, um, it didn't hurt us to talk. It wasn't like it didn't escalate. It didn't go anywhere negative. It was just like, Hey, you know what? We need to stop. Um, and, and let's be, uh, pillars of this community instead of like, you know, um, making ourselves look foolish by arguing and fighting. And we both came to that, you know, same conclusion. And now here we are working together and I'm glad that this is happening. I've had issues with other people in the past too. And the ones that can't be, uh, you can't deal with them. You just got to move on from them and, and be done with them. And the ones that you feel like, you know, Hey, it's a misunderstanding. We're really on the same page. Let's work together. And then you, you, you're, you know, you let it go. And, um, Abe had given me some advice a while back. And that was the, basically what I just said. Like there's certain people you have to let go. And then certain people you got to try to just, uh, turn the page and and give him a second chance. And so I believe that uh, he was sincere, and I think that we uh, – here it's proof positive that we can all work together. And Barton is uh, somebody who um, has a very short list of enemies. He doesn't – there's only one or two people that Barton won't deal with, and, and I know exactly why. Um, but, you know, he's like, you know, second chances, that's what it's all about. And we're trying to build something in this community – and we're trying to dispel a lot of the disinformation out there and put out the truth and the correct information. So that's what we're here to do tonight. So without further ado, Abe, uh, tell us about what, when your experiences, like your earliest experience with the paranormal, what, what, what happened? Yes, uh, my earliest experience with the paranormal was my brother had gotten sick when he was uh, four years old. I was three. And uh, they couldn't find a cure for him. He had high fevers. He was always hallucinating, seeing snakes and uh, spiders. And he had high fevers. So the doctors in the U.S. couldn't find a cure for him. And they said that he wasn't going to live that long because of the high fevers. Uh, so that's where they went a different route. And they knew a, this medicine woman from Mexico, from Reynosa, Mexico, uh, that she said that she could heal him, but that if she healed him, that I would have to stay with her for six months in in uh, in Reynosa. You know, she was a, a curandera. If anybody doesn't know that in in English, she'd say medicine woman. Uh, she was an old medicine woman from the times of Pancho Villa. That's how old she was. She was in her nineties when when I was a kid. Uh, so what happened is, uh, she killed my brother. My brother had like a limp and, uh, his arm was kind of messed up. 
because of the fevers. So uh, when she cured him, she she the way she cured him with this you know medicine woman they cured differently over there in Mexico. She grabbed an egg and she rubbed it on his body and she was praying and she put it over this. She she had an adobe like adobe hut and the floor was out of dirt and she cracked the egg and this little chick came came out of the out of the egg with a broken leg and a broken wing and once she did that my brother became better so when she healed him then i had to stay there i i, I remember now was small that i remember when my mom left and i remember being there with her with this medicine woman and would be she had a little bed for me and she, all this these people that were being spiritually attacked, you know, back then in those times, there was a lot of spiritual wars, just like there is right now, uh, dealing with witchcraft, brujeria, what it's called in Spanish. And uh, she would have a lot of patients come to her. And I'll be there as, I guess, you know, they say, you ever heard when people say that the children are like, like angels because, you know, we're young still, we haven't been living in sin. So we're able to see things in the spiritual in the spiritual realm that others cannot see that that are already living in sin that might have some form of bondage. So once you bring these patients and there, uh, they were sick, there was something wrong with them. She had like a little altar where she would put them up there, and I could I could see her healing with her spirit, like her energy of her spirit would go into their bodies, and she had the fire lit in, the, in that room where, you know, you could see the the, the flame. Uh, on the walls and stuff like that, or the light from the fire. And I could see this demonic beings, just kind of like what I capture on my imagery, on my, on my photos, the same thing, you know, they look like this, the shadow, shadow figures, but in beastly form, leaving the people that you will heal. Sometimes one will leave, and sometimes there'll be like two or three of them that will leave out of the person that she was healing spiritually. And she will look, turn around and look at me, and she would ask me in Spanish, se fueron, se fueron, like telling me, did they leave, did they leave? And I would just point where I would see them leave. And there would be different shapes and different sizes, you know, some small, some tall. But you could see the images of these this beastly creatures that would, or should I say demonic creatures, right? The images because of the, their, their silhouettes of the shadows that would live uh, out of, the, out of the, that room. Uh, she would also heal a different way. Sometimes there was people that had ailments where somebody had done something bad to them, right? And she'll be pulling out snakes, scorpions, spiders, and other things like that also out of them, you know. Uh, but she she was a healer. I remember walking in the market with her, and people would just move away like they were scared of her because of the things that she would do, you know. Uh, she was fighting a spiritual battle, trying to heal people, you know. Uh, and that's what she was, her main, she was, she was into, I believe, white, ma uh, white magic because she was healing people that were being, uh, attacked spiritually. Uh, and she was so good that she could tell them exactly who was doing them harm, who put the spell on them or to put the maldad or to send the wrong towards them. She'll give them a name and tell them who exactly who did it, you know? And at the same time, you know, uh, when you, you, she was up and on spiritually, you know, things would happen also where, you know, you hear the saying where one, when they leave, 
become more uh, more numbers and that some things would happen like that but she kept her her heart blessed you know uh i remember that i had even forgotten about my mother and you know then and this is like in uh in early 70s uh 73 72 i remember going to the outdoor restroom because you know mexico they had this what they have outdoor restroom We're using the restroom and I came out of the restroom and I just hear somebody say my name, you know, and I look and I see this, this woman looking at me, you know, and it's, it's, and, she, and she's saying, it's me, it's me. And it's like, I couldn't recognize her, you know? And then I looked and it's me. It's, it's, and she said, it's my mom, you know, but, uh, that's, that's how I got involved into the, into this, the supernatural aspect out of it, where I was brought into this, because of helping out my brother. And that's the first time that I started witnessing uh, things of the supernatural by uh, helping out this medicine woman. And after that, you know, it's been like this all my life that, that I have the, the gift. You know, people in, in Spanish, they call it the don because of who I was helping, you know, was this woman uh, doing miraculous works of helping out people that was getting spiritually attacked uh when i left she said i was going to be spiritual blessed and all this but you know you uh as a as an individual you know we all have to find a way you know but uh, at the same time you know uh that's how it all started for me is when my brother was being spiritually attacked i guess you could say it was the, the battle of witches you know where it was actually, you know, to my understanding, you know, it was a, that's what exactly what it was. It was more of, there was two witches and they were sending maldas to each, to each other. So it's like, it was a constant things happening, uh, around the homes. For example, um, I don't know, have you heard what a lechusa is? Oh, yeah. You know what a lechusa is? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, just, just put it this way on Saturday nights. This is, I'm going to give an example what I went through after I came back from uh, Mexico to, to the U S uh, it was Saturday night. My dad was at church. We were all at home. And this, this happened every Saturday night. My mom was, would be like, Oi, Oi, do you hear that? Do you hear that? Next thing you know, we're like, she gets us up in the little circle in the middle of the room. And, uh, she's like, y'all hear that. And then next thing you know, you start hearing scratching on the walls, banging on the walls and then you start hearing women laughing, you know, and she'll be praying and stuff. And it, it, it'll be, it'll be something real loud, like, or how our house was being spiritually attacked in that manner. So it would happen every Saturday like this till, you know, I got a little bit older and so, you know what, I'm not afraid. So I went outside one day and it's, it's called Caliche. There's some big rocks. And I went out there to the side of the house where there's lechuzas, you know, this witches, you know, because that's what they are. And you could see them sitting on top of the branches, you know, and, and they were in, uh, you could see the black where they were in black, you know, and I would, t I would tell them to leave. They wouldn't leave. So I started hitting them with the rocks, you know, real hard and they wouldn't leave, you know, and that's how I was fighting spiritually, but I was literally hitting with the rocks and it wouldn't do nothing to them. Uh, my grandmother would come and she'll go there to the side. She'll come at a, out of nowhere, you know, uh, and she'll go say something and they'll fly away. 
And that's where, where I was caught up. The reason I was caught up in a, in that spiritual battle is because my grandmother lived right beside us. And it had to do with her. This I found out through the later years what it was about through older cousins of mine. And it was dealing with that between my grandmother and somebody else. So that's how I got caught up in all this uh, spiritual things that would happen. You know, I witnessed many things. Uh, my grandfather, when I turned five years old, we had two chicken coops. And, you know, I've heard the, of the stories of Bigfoot and, and all this, you know, from, you know, several stories of Bigfoot. Uh, I remember we had the two chicken coops and uh, we had already collected eggs from one and we had one that was like a like a cabin. So my grandfather said, wait right here. It was drizzling a little bit and you could hear the chickens clicking there. He said there was a pop a possum in there trying to to kill the chickens. So he went in there, grabbed the stick. He was already old. He was like in his seventies, uh, probably eighties. And he, he walked in there real slow. Next thing you know, you know, I hear him screaming. I hear my grandfather screaming at that time, you know, like I said, I'm five. So as I enter the cabin, this is what I witnessed. My, my grandfather is elevated up in the air and I just seen scratches, scratches coming out of nowhere on his body. He's being scratched by an unseen force. And then when I look, I see, you know, this dark, shadowy figure, huge, with red eyes. And it's looking at me. And as I'm looking at it, it drops my grandfather. My grandfather falls on the ground and he's screaming, you know, because he's got like big gashes all over his body already. And I look at it and it looks at me. And as it comes my way, it, go, it turns into smoke form. And it's, it's coming like in a mass smoke straight towards me. And I'm standing there and I've always felt the presence of the Heavenly Father with me, around me, of, of the angels around me. So as I stood there with my faith, you know, uh, I just seen the, the smoke. It took a U-turn and went through the window. It broke a window of the cabin and all the smoke went out the window. So by then, uh, my, my grandmother comes and other family members, uh, his, his sons come and they're like, what's going on? What's going on? And I, I'm got, all I say is a bulto, a bulto, you know, a bulto negro, you know, dark shadow. That's what I'm, I'm telling them that happened, you know, and they look, he tells them that it was, it was nothing, that it was a, a possum that did that to him, but that's not what I witnessed. And when he looked at me, he just, he looked at me with shame and he, he put his head down. You know, when, when somebody's being spiritually attacked there, you know, they're not going to believe what they're going through. You know, especially back then, you know, uh, in those days, they had the, all those uh, sanitariums where if things, events like that would happen to people and they'll go tell it to the public, they're going to say, oh, they're crazy or whatever. And that's where they will lock them up. All the sanitariums that were all over Texas, there was in San Antonio, I believe they had one there where a lot of people have died. Uh, there was one in my hometown. But, Yes. So imagine like me, the, the, uh, you know, I got the, my group spiritual cryptid encounters on, on, uh, Facebook and on YouTube. And I, you know, the way I talk, the things that I say, you know, people are like, Whoa, you know, what's up with this guy? But it's because they haven't experienced it, you know, and, and I'm always sure there's some that experienced it and they kept it to themselves because they don't want to think for somebody to say that they're crazy, you know, but, that's what happened to my grandfather. Uh, he passed away. Uh, another thing I witnessed before my grandmother passed away, 
that's when I when I really found out what, there was something up with her. Was it was a Sunday? The Sunday it was a Sunday, and she had invited me to eat the Spanish dish called capirutada, which is like a sweet bread with raisins and apples and some onion. It's a mixture of a lot of things like that, right? So I had gone over there eating, and I heard somebody knocking on our door. And this is during the day. I went over there, and there was this man. He had uh, some black pants and a red shirt. And he said, "Is uh, the the lady of the house here?" And I said, "Yes." So I called my grandmother. You know, by that time, my grandmother's already older. She's walking real slow. And when she goes to the doorway, she kind of takes two, three steps back, like she's scared, you know. So I'm looking at the man, like I never seen him before, you know, uh, and. She's like, come on in, come on in, pasale, pasale, you know, that means come on in. So we go to the kitchen and she tells the man, I made you your favorite, you know, and she had a, she had made a big old bowl. I mean, it was huge. She gave me a little bowl, but the bowl that she made it, she put it right there in front of the man. It was like huge. So as he looks at it, he started eating this bowl like a dog, like literally eating it with no spoon. No, nothing in it. And he was eating like a dog and he was making like a dog sound, right? He was eating in that form, in that manner. And as I'm looking, I see his uh, right leg is twitching and it's kicking, you know, and I see gnats flying around underneath the, the table. So as I'm witnessing this, I'm like, what, what's going on with this guy, you know? So I go underneath the, the table and I go in there and as I'm lifting his pant leg, I notice that this leg is not a human leg. You know, uh, his, 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 his leg is a, it's a, is a leg of an animal, like a, like a goat of sort or, or some form of that, that you can see the fur on the leg. So as I, as I lifted it, he kicked me, you know, and I ran out of the thing and he stood up real fast and he, he looked pissed off, you know, he had already finished the whole bowl by eating it like a dog, you know, and she's looking at, he's looking at me and he tells my grandmother, he tells her. He's too strong. I, I'm going to take him. You know, that's what he told my grandmother. And my grandma said, no, 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 not him. And uh, he was trying to tell her that it, it was her time, that her time on this earth was over and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, who is this guy? I've never, never seen him before. You know, so she, she said, she, she mentioned my uncle's name, you know, to him. So he just got up and he said, I'll be back in a year. You know, that's all he told her. And he walked at the door. And I was following them and my mom, because we live in the same, like it was four lots, right? So our house was next to, to our grandmother's and my, my mother's yelling from the house, don't follow him, you know? So as I'm following him down the street, he goes, takes a left on the, on the street. And I seen him literally disappear in thin air. Like he went into another dimension or another realm. And then there, I witnessed that. So then that's when I started figuring out things that something wasn't right with my grandmother. You know, that there was a lot more of like, I started remembering the thing, like when the Lachusa incident happened, that she came out of the darkness. So basically that's what it was about, you know? So the the day that she passed away, you know, uh, I remember being in the hearse, you know, the fifth grade, uh, being in the hearse and my older cousins, they were probably like, 15, 20 years older than me, they were singing the song, Hi-ho, hi-ho, the Wicked Witch is Dead. And I was like, hey, why are you disres disrespecting grandma like that? 
And then they're like, hey, tell them, tell them, tell them who she was, you know? And they started telling me that, that she was a witch and all this stuff, you know? And I, like I said, I didn't know, but that would make sense of all the activity that was happening around us. Like, uh, one, when, she, when she still was still alive, I remember one one evening, we were all in our home, we were, we were asleep, it was like 10.30 at night, you know, before she passed away. Uh, next thing you know, you hear all kinds of sounds outside of our home, in, in our yard. You could hear all kinds of different kinds of animals, growlings. Uh, you could hear like a man with a whip. You could hear horses, cows. I mean, all kinds of animals outside. And my mom was praying. My dad was praying. And we didn't know, I didn't know, you know, what was going on. Like at the time, even even then, I didn't know what was up with my grandmother, you know. And uh, the following day, when the sun rose, we went out there to our yard. The yard, the, the four lots were full of crap. I mean, I'm literally, uh, the front yard, the backyard was full of crap that me and my brother spent all uh, it was a Saturday morning. We spent all Saturday morning and afternoon to late afternoon shoveling off the, off, off the lots. Excuse my language, but that's what it was. Uh, Different piles of of uh, of of crap, like different of different animals, and I was trying to figure out how could that happen because at nighttime we normally close the gates and the gates were closed. So my mom, uh, my grandmother would just tell me, "Oh, it was just uh, an animal probably came from underneath the fridge." I said, "Grandma, that's a lot of crap. You know, that's a lot of poop." So she made us put. <coughs> excuse me. She made us put like sticks and stuff. You know, we locked up the gates with chains. So when that night came, which was Saturday night, the same thing happened that happened Friday night. Uh, you could hear the animals, different sounds, you know, but at that time they didn't have the technology like, you know, like they have now to be able to do that. So we're hearing all these kind of different animals, the same thing that was happening the night before. And then at, th at that time, you could hear people calling people's names to come outside and all this stuff, you know, you know, like they were naming people. The one in my dad would go outside. They wanted, you know, they were naming people to come outside, you know, and you could hear all these animal sounds. Uh, when Sunday came in the morning, same thing. Me and my brother had a shovel again for another day. But that's around the time frame where we lost our grandmother around that time frame. A little bit after that, she passed away. Uh, and that's how I got caught up in uh, like a spiritual war, spiritual warfare, uh, where, you know, I've been, I've been, a lot of people have come up against me throughout the years, even since I was a kid. They know who I am, I guess, because maybe because of my grandmother, or maybe because of the curandera from Mexico, because she was a powerful curandera. So throughout the years, I've run up, run up against people that say they know who I am, you know. They know who I am, and some of them will come and challenge me or threaten me that they're going to do this or that. And the only thing I tell them is, don't try to do nothing because it'll go back to you, you know, because I'm a Tenela Foundation. You know, I found my way spiritually. So, you know, some people that have come up against me spiritually, uh, they're not here no more because they came at me because their mission was their mission. And for me, uh, their mission or their threat to me was 
was to take me out was death, right? That was their their goal, but it backfired, and they're not here no more. Uh, I don't, I don't. How should I say? Rejoice over that because nobody's supposed to rejoice over when somebody passes away. Uh, the only thing I do, you know, I, I try to warn people like that, that especially that they're on the other side of the of the balance. Tell them, hey, if you you care about what, if you got any kind of love in your heart, please don't come at me in any kind of way that way because it will backfire. So I've run into warlocks. Uh, Gran Brujas, you know, from different areas, even from here, from Central Texas, uh, I ran into a Gran Bruja. That she was uh, the, the main witch from the area, and he threatened me, and she was trying to place a curse on me. Uh, while I was out there at a, at a bar shooting pool, you know, and I told her, don't do it. She did it, and that weekend she passed away. But... It's kind of it's kind of like it, what's the matter? Uh, what's what bothers me is is that they're they're still human beings. I don't know why they went that route, or was it taught to them, or why? But you know, it's not good when somebody loses a life in that manner because nobody's winning when somebody loses a life in the manner. The the ones that are winning, you know, like I call them, is TDNs, those disembodied demonic nephilim. Kind of like the ones that I witnessed when I was grow, growing up with the curandera, the ones I've seen around my home, the one that elevated my grandfather in the air. Uh, and they take many forms. They try to trick you. Uh, there was one that would come to my house all the time uh, after my grandmother that it would come running around the house. And, you know, my house didn't, we didn't have no air condition. We didn't have no ceiling fan. It was just open, open windows. And we had like a, just the, the window fans. And, uh, I remember there was one that would come running around and he was changed form to this little boy, right? And my mom would see him because she'll be in the kitchen like, hey, how come you don't go play with your friend? I said, who? And he'll be right there in the front door through looking through the through the window screen, you know? So I go outside and I see it running around, so I, I follow it, but I could never play with it because, or play with a boy because it wasn't a boy. It was those uh, DDNs, man, you know, they, they try to, you know, trick you, deceive you, trying to make it seem like they're they're good in the form of a boy, but I never got to play with that boy because it was it was one of those, but it would always come around the house and run around in a circle. You know how how you say, Brother Josh, sometimes that you feel that something follows you around? Well I believe you. I believe you because it happens it's it's happened to me all my life. You know, it's just this 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 uh some people might call them uh I can understand if it was an imaginary friend that you're playing with an imaginary friend, but when your your mother seeing the, seeing the boy, seeing it manifest into the form of a boy, and say, hey, "Who's that boy? He wants to play with you. Go play with him outside," you know. But then there's no boy out there, you know. Hey, let me expound on that for a second, just so people understand, because the uninitiated are going to sit there and go, "Oh, mentiras," you know. That that means like bull bull crap in Spanish, but you know what I'm saying because. I, I took a I took a story for a case and I haven't released this one yet and I was actually thinking about doing it uh, for Halloween but I don't know how we're going to do Halloween yet but there was a story I got and it was pretty in depth and this happened in near Boise Idaho and this this uh, it was it was a, a girl I get the chills when I think about it it was a girl and a boy um, and they were playing with a little boy who and, and it was it, I'm not I'm not going to get into a long dissertation on it but the long story short 
they never met this child's parents. This child was always outside. They they never got to they, they interacted with this child like he was flesh and blood. <clears throat> but over the course of their interactions, he became increasingly aggressive. And and to the point where he eventually picked up a piece of a of a, a brick, like a chunk of brick. And he nailed the little, uh, I think it was a little girl, hit, hit her in the back of the, in the side of the head and ended up uh, putting her in the hospital. And they couldn't find any, like, trace of this child they, where he said he lived, the, the people that lived in that house, that, that's where he had pointed to. Um, it's really creepy. There, that house turned out that it was the people that had lived there had been living there for seven years. Um, but the people that lived there before had had a child that lived there that had died. Um, and so it was really weird. It was like this kid, this child was a ghost or, or he was a spirit that was pretending to be a child. Either way, it was very, it became malevolent. And at one point it, it struck the one child in the face, the boy, he struck him in the face with a stick and almost hit him in the eye. Now, when they gave me this story, like I said, it's been a couple months and I was sifting through some of these, because I was talking earlier with Steve Stockton, actually I was on the phone with them earlier. We were talking about black eyed children. And I was going over some of the cases and stuff, and I and I noticed that one in the file, and that's weird that you and I just looked at that one, and you're talking about it right now, and I'm sitting there going like, dude, that is creepy. It made my skin crawl when you said that because I know exactly what you're talking about, and that's just one that was more in depth. Um, I had another one from your neck of the woods, uh, uh, Barton, was near Louisville, Kentucky. Now I know you're not not in Louisville, Barton, but I mean it's from Kentucky, and it was the same thing. It was a child that was was appearing to this other boy and they were playing and they got down by a creek and this child started to try to drown the other child and he was smaller than him. So he was like, dude, this child was over, this kid was overpowering me. Um, and he said, all I can remember is looking up and seeing his eyes just being completely black, like the, they were all black. And he managed to get loose and he started screaming and, and he did invoke Christ. He was like, help me, you know, because he didn't know what else to do. He was like eight years old, you know, and this child that he was playing with said he was six. Um, and he was like, you know, I'm, I'm a little bigger and stronger than this kid. And this kid was able to just, you know, he said, and when he looked up, his face looked like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. So anyway, I didn't want, I didn't mean to interject too much. And then, and then no, to that's add, fine. That's fine. Yeah, I wanted to add to what you were saying about the Lachusa. Uh, folks, I'm going to tell you right now, I give you my honest word. That is real, the real deal. That The Lachusa is a real thing. My cousin on my dad's side which is the Caucasian side, he had an encounter with a Lachusa. So I can tell you right now that the, the, it is not uncommon. Also, uh, Scorpion's family, um, I think it was back before he was, when he, when he was just a little boy, he doesn't remember it, but his family had an, an encounter with a Lachusa they had to deal with. And so everybody knows him from the show when we were on These Woods Are Haunted. And of course, Abe, you were on that show too, in the same season, I believe, yes. too. Yeah. And, yes. um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm kind of backing up what you're saying because this is very important information. And, and of course, yeah, go ahead. The Lechusas, uh, the, the black ones, those are the supposedly they, well, I know there's black owls, but the black Luchas are supposed to be a black witch. And, uh, what they do is they, they, they whistle, they can make a screeching sound. They'd be whistled back. They'll come to you and they'll try to, they try to attack you. They'll follow you around they'll try to scratch you you know uh but at the same time they can mimic voices to to, to trick you uh that's what happened to me uh and after having those encounter with the lechuzas i was sleeping on my bunk bed and 
and I hear my grandma, grandmother's voice calling me. It's already nighttime, you know, and I hear my grandmother calling me from the window, from the screen, you know, like I told you, we didn't have no, no ceiling fan or AC, so the window was open. Uh, you could see it through the screen, so I said, Grandma? And she said, yes, yes, it's me. So I start going towards the, the screen, and as I got close to the screen, the whole screen just ripped, and I just remember a hit on the head, and I fell back, and I was bleeding from my head. I still, I still got a mark where I got, I got scratched on my, on my head, and my those two marks that I that I got marked with, they always surface up, especially like at nighttime, it's in the side of my head. Uh, but whatever it was, it literally ripped the whole screen off the the window, and I got scratched in the face. Uh, but he just got me on top of the head towards like part of my left side of the forehead. Uh, they, they'll attack, they'll scratch. Uh, that's what they do. Uh, but Lechuza is, is supposedly a witch that that's their, that's what the manifesto is, is an owl. And they have other capabilities also. And, but those are, you know, witches that have already sold their soul. Uh, but going back to to the thing with my with my with my family, when my when going to the hearse when my my cousins were singing this song, I remember at the funeral at the funeral home that we're all there in the funeral home. Everybody's talking, and we could see our grandmother's coffin up up there. And next thing you know, it's like nobody's talking no more, and I'm looking. And it's like time has stopped and nobody say nothing or anything like that. And like they're frozen, right? So the doors are open to the funeral home and I see this lady or something like in a, in a hooded figure crawling on the floor like a snake. And there's two, two of them with hooded figures that walks right beside it. So the one in the center is walking, is crawling on the ground like a snake, moving like a snake and it's pretty big. And they go all the way up to the altar. And the one that's on the ground that crawled up to my grandma's coffin say something. And they start going backwards. They don't turn around or walk. They, they go backwards. And they're moving backwards like time is reversed in some kind of way. So as the doors close, it's kind of like time goes back to normal. And everybody's talking. And I'm looking like, did y'all see that? Did y'all see that? And I was trying to tell my mother, and she's like, oh, it's just your imagination, right? So before we put her in the hearse, in the church, you know, she's up there. You know how they're, they have them up there. The same thing happened within the church, a Catholic church. The same figures went in there, went up there. The same thing they did in the funeral home. They walked, and they said something over there, and they walked backwards. When the Once the, the, uh, the doors of the, the church cl- closed, like everything went back to normal. So I got to witness that twice. So I believe that, you know, this, these beings, you know, demonic beings, DDNs, whatever you want to call them, they have many capabilities that, that people don't understand, like dealing with time also, you know, that they can manipulate time where people are going to forget a lack of time. Like they're not going to remember events that happened to them. Like they can lose a track of time, like two hours, three hours. It's kind of like uh, when somebody gets 
they get spiritually attacked by the subtle forces, and they don't remember what they said or they don't remember what they do because it was, you know, their body was being controlled by somebody else at that time. And I've seen that happen numerous times. Uh, that's why I always preach about always maintaining love foundation because that's the key. Uh, uh, being angry is not good uh, because those are openings. Uh, talk about forgiveness, that we have to forgive one another because forgiveness, for people that don't understand, forgiveness is part of love. You know, uh, if we don't forgive here and in this world, then how do we expect for God to forgive us for our sins, right? Or for anything that we've done wrong. So we have to forgive because that's part of love. So, Abe, Abe let me ask you a question. When, when all this was going yeah. on as when you were younger, and you, and you obviously, you knew that there was something wrong, different or whatever. And like you called it, you know, the gift. And like I, I, I call it ojo dotaro, like the gift of the eye. But uh, it's it's really, it's really uh, you know, like when, when you see these things, and I know that some people have criticized you for the, the you know, like you'll take oh, yeah. pictures and stuff. But what, what I tell people is, and there's several other people that do it too, it doesn't mean that they're not there. Because the cameras can't really pick up what you're seeing a lot of times. Because I had a chance, um, and, and I have a couple photos, and I've got them from a building I used to work at. Um, but one of them involves a picture of a guy that I, I don't have his permission to use it. Because to this day, I think he still works uh, there. And it was years ago. It was about 20 years ago. And that guy's been working there for a long time. But I snapped a photo of him around Christmas time. We were taking pictures, and we were going to take all these pictures and put them up on a little poster board of the people that work there and it was for Christmas. So I snapped a picture of him. His name is Phil. Um, he's, he's, he's a friend of mine, but I don't, like I said, I don't know if I have the permission to use that picture, but there is clearly like an orb flying in front of him and you can see it just kind of like tracing off and it looks so weird. It's like a round ball flying in front of him, but it's so hard to catch things like that. And most of the time when you take a picture of something, it's it's just by chance that you get something on there. And I have a picture of a ghost. I believe it's a ghost um, from the nightclub that I used to work at. And this is back when you know there were pictures. You had to go get them developed. People nowadays, yeah. the kids, they don't remember that. I know Barton. You know, you remember back in the day, you dropped, yeah, yeah, you dropped film oh, yeah. off. And, yeah, we take a picture of something, and you had to go and get it developed. The only thing that would develop instantly is Polaroid. What'd you say, Barton? Well, you have to wait for a week to see it. You oh, yeah. For a week to see the picture. Yeah. yeah, and then you're sitting there going like, man, I hope this comes out. And then you get it and it's nothing. But um, but these cameras, though, even with the technology, we don't, we just don't have enough to, to catch them uh, on film. I really believe that, that these things move quickly. And they, they want to say that everybody who sees these things is crazy. And I'm telling you right now, there are people who can literally see these things and there are experiencers. And I have talked yes. to this man that's on the phone with me right now in depth. Many we've had conversations because we've known each other for years, and and like I said, it was unfortunate that we had that little, that that little whatever. But like he said, you forgive, but yeah. you you do have a lot of pertinent information, and I've said that before. It's, it, um, it's kind of like hospitals, like hospitals. I don't like really going to hospitals because I, I'm able to see the things that are there. They're flying, oh, they're flying around, going from room to room. And, you know, I'll try to help with the people that I feel that if I, if something that I, I'm able to see this thing. So it's kind of like, even when I go to the VA appointments, you know, it's like, I'm careful. I got to be careful because I'm in tune to all this. So sometimes the spirits will come to me and then sometimes I'll see this, 
these dark shadow beings, you know, this, that are causing the people to be sick within the hospitals. Uh, they feed hospitals off of and, them. Yes, and, and church. Uh, at church sometimes, because there's people that might be still be living in sin, right? So you'll be able to see this, this, this uh, dark shadow figures just flying in the air, jumping from person to person. You know, that's what, what I'm able to see. And it's kind of like you'll jump to one person, makes a person cough, and then you jump to another person, make the person cough. It'll jump into a baby. It'll make the baby cry. You know, I would see this kind of things, and, and you know, I would try to tell my mom, but my mom would tell me to be quiet because we're in church, you know. Uh, so she'll, she'll send a pinch <laughs> all the way to my side, <laughs> oh, yeah. and I get pinched in the arm, you know, because we're seven, seven of us. So I get pinched by my brother, and he'll pinch, pinch the hell out of me on purpose, you know. And I have a big old well where he pinches me, but I'm seeing all these things, you know. Uh, in church, uh, I had an incident where it was Misa de Gallo, midnight mass in the Catholic church. It was not midnight. And it was kind of cold outside. And, you know, they had the incense that they use on, on the, the Misa de Gallo. And I got I got dizzy, right? I got dizzy and I don't remember nothing. The only thing I remember is... Wake it when I when I came to they had me up in the air I could see the sky I guess men were holding me and I was kicking and all kinds of things were happening you know and they were putting like uh, holy water on me and olive oil but I guess I had a big old welt in the back of my head but so I kind of woke up scared you know because I didn't know what was going on so I uh, went back inside the the church and my mom I was still feeling dizzy you know from the blow to the head so when I I went outside. So because of the church in, the, in those days, they had openings uh, on the side of the church so people could walk out that way. So I was standing there, and my mom was keeping an eye on me. So as I'm standing there, you know, and I'm looking at my, you know, everybody sitting in the in the church, I hear somebody yell yell at me, and I'm looking, and I see they're behind a tree, and they're waving at me to go to go to them, and it looks like a person from a distance, you know. So I just ignore them, you know. So I'm there looking at my mom. My mom's looking at me, you know, to see if I'm okay because I'm, I'm trying to catch air, you know, to, to feel better. And I start seeing this figure coming towards me, and he starts walking to me. And he gets close, is walking down the sidewalk, and he gets right there in front of me, probably like I would say six, eight feet away. But then I notice that it's not a person; it's just a dark shadow being. It's it's huge, and this is what he tells me. He tells me. Don't believe on what the man is saying in there and don't believe what's on the wall up there. He said, believe with me. And he said, uh, believe in me. Come with me. Come with me now. And I told him, I believe in, 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 in God. I believe in Jesus. And w the next thing I know uh, is I hear mama say, who, who are you talking to? You know? So when I looked and she looks, she, she was able to see the, uh, from the distance like a person walking behind the tree. And she starts yelling at that, that individual, you know, like, yeah, I see you. And she's like, grab me from the head, come with me. So she, she says, I know you're behind the tree because I've seen you go behind the tree. So we get near their tree and she goes, look behind the tree. There's nobody there, you know? And so we go to the parish hall. She's looking everywhere for this, you know, what seemed to be a person, which I knew wasn't a person, that it was a shadow figure. Uh, we, we went all the way around the, the, uh, the church and when she went back to the location where I was standing, she said, uh, I Maria Purissima, which means Holy Mary, M Mother of God, because she knew that it was something evil. 
at that time. But that's one one of the things when I hear about when Bigfoot's going to trees and they, they could teleport. Well, I've seen that teleportation happen through these dark shadow beings, you know, this which what I call DDNs, you know, uh, 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 disembodied demonic Nephilim because they're in spirit form and they're always trying to find a host to, to possess, you know, uh, that's what that's that's the main goal is to try to to find a host not just to possess but to to destroy because they they hate us they 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 hate humankind that that we have an opportunity to make it into the kingdom of heaven and they don't they don't they're they got the past yeah. they're they're the past so they're tricksters they can mimic they can take any shape they can they can uh, shape shift into anything right. Uh, so they mimic, they, they they try to deceive people to believe in them, one way or the other to believe in them. Just like when it manifested as a boy, you know, to me, when I was a kid, he wanted me to, for me to believe that it was my friend. And it's like, how is he my friend if I don't even play with him? You know, so that's how they, they if you believe in uh, that you're seeing something like that, it's going to take, it's just going to get stronger, and it's really going to be able to manifest more and more and more. And once you get to the point, then all of a sudden you're not going to see it no more. Kind of like what happened to me uh, in Elms Grove where, but we can go talk about that in a, in a moment. Uh, but that's what they do. They want you to believe in them. Once you believe in them, then you're giving them power. And they get a stronger stronghold over you. Not just they control, they try to control your mind. And if they can control your mind, then they try to bond all your spiritual instincts. So if you If you do have spiritual instincts, you know, I know if anybody meditates. Or likes to do practice some yoga or meditate, or or just sometimes close your eyes and listen to the sounds of Mother Nature. You know that's a form of training your spiritual senses. Uh, they want to block that because if, you, if they can block those senses, then you're not going to be able to know what's around you. And that's that's what makes me strong. That that uh, uh, I, my senses are not blocked and I'm able to sense what's around me. So when I capture a lot of the pictures that I, that I have captured. Is because I'm hearing something around me. I go by myself because I don't endanger nobody. So I'm hearing movement around me, whether there's leaves cracking or something breaking, uh, whether there's a cough, whether there's uh, snout noises, whether there's growlings, or at times the talk seems to be Latin language of some sort because they're talk talking a different language. Uh, I can hear all this, and, I, I, and as I'm recording my videos, I don't I don't stop. To, to, to look, I'm just recording. I just try to uh, place the camera to where I'm hearing the sounds, where I'm sensing it. And my senses will be kicking it pretty bad that my hairs on my arms be standing up. Uh, that's when I know there's something around me. And that's where uh, a lot of the images that I capture, you know, people need to see it not as they're going to see something that's in the flesh, like, like a human being or an animal, but they are going to be in spirit form that you're going to be able to see a silhouette or see something that's going to have a face or something because that's how they manifest. Whether what I do with my videos or reels, I, I have to slow down the speed in able to capture them because mm -hmm. they move that fast. They like, move fast. Like Brother Josh yeah. said, they're, 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 they're faster than the blink of an eye. They're super fast. They, they, they move like wind. Uh, but if you slow down, slow down your, your, if, especially if you, you're hearing all this stuff around you and you move the camera when you debunk your video, if you slow down the speed, you'll be able to catch them in some kind of a form. 
of what they're representing at that time or what they're, they're trying to show themselves as. And, and most of the time, they try to show themselves in a beastly form. Uh, the reason they take a beastly form is because they want you to be afraid because they they, they feed off of fear, right? They want to put that impression there, this beastly monster, so people can be afraid of them. And if you're afraid, then you kind of live in opening yourself to get spiritually attacked. And so when people ask me, you're afraid and all this, you know, so I've been dealing with this all my life. Uh, the only thing that it, that is done is make me stronger, you know, because I know that the Heavenly Father is always around me to protect me. And if I have to, if it gets overwhelmed, overwhelming or overbearing, I just go into prayer, you know, and call upon the Heavenly Father and the angels to assist me through the situation. But You know, one of the things that, that uh, is interesting to me, and, and I had somebody ask me this, and I know, Barton, you've been asked this too, why these creatures appear um, if they if they can shapeshift, why do they appear in these weird forms? And there's there's a couple different theories, and I can postulate we can postulate on these. Um, one of them is that they this is their true form, and and so that's why you see them that way. But it also uh, it initiates a, a level of fear in you, and I think that the fear is what they what drives these things. It gives them that. Uh, even the ones that I, that I believe that are tampered with that are that become physical and and when they come into our plane of existence and they're here yes. for a long period of time they become more physical like Linda Godfrey that's I always quote her for that um but that but once they become more physical then they have to do things that are physical and I do believe that they crave uh a, a physical thing from us and what is that thing that they want from us physically Martin they want blood. Blood. That's what, that's what uh, they want. They want your blood no, because believe, it's the life. I believe it's a little bit different than that. Oh, no, no, that, that, that's that's just the tip of the iceberg. Now, what, what yeah, they do is they the initiate soul. fear in you. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they want they, your soul. Their soul, yeah. But physically, what they want from you is soul your blood. Is blood. According to the Bible, the blood is the life. Yeah, the blood. Mm-hmm. yeah that's, but they want the soul. They, they, want, they, they don't care... They just want destruction. They want they want to get rid of the the like if they try to possess you, they want to get rid of your body uh, to collect your soul. You know they they want your soul. That's their main goal. That's why there's so much division within the world uh, right now because that's, that's there's a lot of people that have a lot of hatred, a lot of anger in the hearts. You know you see it. You know whether it's dealing with the presidency, whether it's dealing whatever the case it is. You know there's a lot of openings. And that's why they're manifested even more, because there's a lot of a lot, lot of anger and a lot of hatred in this world right now. So these these beings, do they manifest like this, right? Whether they manifest into a Bigfoot, a Dogman, a Goatman, uh, whatever form they take, they're being seen even in in the urban cities now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in Chicago, I believe they had a sighting of a Bigfoot, a Mothman, and a Dogman all within the same week. Yeah, in and Chicago, you see them. Yeah, in Chicago, that's what's weird. Like you, like mine was in town. Um, when you see these things, uh, and like pe- people will see, um, I'll get reports, and me and Barton have have explored this at length. Uh, we'll get reports of them being in the same vicinity, or even being involved in the same incident, like with uh, Martin Groves. Um, Barton, right. you know what I'm talking about. Like you, you know, exactly, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and, you, and UFOs is part of it also. The, mm-hmm. the where they, they they have sightings of a Bigfoot, a dogman, and a UFO at the same time in the same area. Mm-hmm. UFOs, right? Or your yeah, 
But that's that's what they do. They mimic. Yes, the orbs, uh, you know, orbs, UFO, or they take the form of the. I ran into one uh, there in Elms Grove. You know, uh, I was walking to the store. You know, at that time I was already fighting spiritually. I had gotten drops a couple of times that I had to. My that I, I was working with a with a blood clot on my left leg, so you know the VA didn't want to give me no cane or nothing. So I just cut a a small tree from the woods and I started using that as a walking stick. So I said I'm going to avoid that area where you know I had my experience. So I started walking down the highway, you know, to go to the store. I would go walk for to exercise and rebuild my my leg, right? So I'm walking, and next thing you know. I just see pebbles fly from behind me in front of me. I was like, what the hell? And I turn around real fast. When I turn around, I got my guard up and I have this, the walking stick in my hand. And, and I'm looking and it's just this, this tall, you know, it looked like a, a white American running, like his body is running awkwardly. Like he's not running like a person. His legs are running diff- like differently, but he's in the, in the form of a human, right? So I got my guards up and I say, Hey, what was going on? And he stops and he's looking at me and he didn't respond. I said, uh, I asked him, are you trying to sneak up behind me? He didn't say nothing to me. And then, uh, he started walking a little bit closer to me and I said, what's your name? And the only thing he told me, he was Indiana. Right. So, so I didn't trust him. So I, I said, I'm going to walk. I want to, I'm not going to let him walk behind me. So he's either going to walk in front of me or parallel to me so I can see him. So I was just talking away, right? And he was walking parallel to me. As we got near the bridge, uh, something weird happened. As we're getting near the bridge, it's kind of like time slowed down, like a, like a time vortex of some sort where the cars are moving real slow. And I'm seeing this guy that he said his name is Indiana beside me. And we're going real slow motion. And I'm seeing this, uh, this translucent, uh, creatures that are sitting on the by the bridge and they have like uh red, reddish eyes but they're translucent and they're flying in through the vehicles and going into the people's bodies and this i'm witnessing this you know i'm like what's going on and there's this car going real slow beside me and as soon as we cross that bridge it's like time went went to normal you know so he was still walking parallel to me and i walked like three steps in front and i turned around and faced him you know so as I'm facing him, I'm looking at him, he's looking at me, and I gave him my hand, and I said, and when I shook him, shook his hand, his, his hands feel weird, his fans feel, uh, if his fingers were long, and they feel like he had, like, uh, his texture of skin wasn't, like, human, human-like, and he's looking at me, and I start using my love foundation, you know, so I start using my love foundation, you know, and start praying within myself, and when I'm doing this, I could see his skin open up. Uh, on his face, on his cheeks, and you can see like something greenish, like scalish, greenish. And as I'm looking at him, and I say, "It was nice meeting you, Indiana." And I'm praying within myself. He lets go, and when he lets go, he smiles, and his skin starts ripping up more on the side of his face. And you can see his teeth real sharp, right? Of the of the form is that that's within the, underneath it. You know, it's like the foundation, the love foundation broke that the disguise. So he's looking at me and he just looks up to the sky and he looks down, he turns around and he walks away from me. And we're standing right in front of the family dollar that, that was right there by Elms Grove. Uh, and that was the last time I ever seen that guy or Indiana, whatever it was. 
whether, you know, there's so many theories that we can think about, but, uh, because there, there was a lot of activities. I know there, there was a couple of times where this men in black showed up there in Elms Grove, uh, just before, I, before, you know, I did any shows or nothing. I remember because, uh, I was I was out there trying to find out what lured my son into the woods, you know. Uh, I had my gear on for the military and stuff, and I would go cam- camouflage and go into into the wood, into the bushes, just to see if I see any kind of movement, to see how I could see this this man in black that had lured my son in there. I remember one, I remember one day the shoppers were, were passing by, and then next you know there's like a lot of uh, black SUVs in the park, like a lot of them. I say like five or six, and they're yelling my name. They're yelling my name to come out of the woods. They're telling me to come out of the woods, you know, these black SUVs. But I stay in the wood line because I don't know what it is about or, or anything like that. So I stay and then just leave. But it was uh, four black SUVs. They were calling, telling me to get out of the woods. You know, where I live at, it's right by Fort Hood, Fort Hood Base. Yeah, and Elms Grove is an area that's a, it's a really haunted place. Okay, folks, so that's gonna do it for this episode. Uh, tune into the next episode where I return with my guests and with Barton Nunley. And thank you for listening to PRT. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Good night. <laughs>